Joe, did you know that we experience life in 4K at 120 hertz per second? I don't think we do. I the human eye can't see more than like 32 frames per second. It's 24. I don't. I think it's like 30 something. I thought it was 24. No, that's movies. My bad. Yeah, don't don't fact check us. I'm pretty sure that the human eye can't see like fast. The, the human eye cannot experience frames over 30 frames per second. So any game that touts that it's at 60 or even 120, your 144, and even some laptops that even come with like a 300 hertz display, that's all fake news, Joey. You can't experience those frames. It's just marketing. I mean, that's a lie. Everything I just said is a lie. You can definitely tell. I mean, you can tell, but not because, so, like, your eye can actually tell. It's like your brain doing the smoothing. It's like, it's like, like a placebo, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of placebo. Like, you know that it's smoothing, but, like, most people, if you show 60 versus 30 frames to most people, if it's not a direct one-by-one one comparison, most people don't know, most people don't care. How do you explain a frame rate difference to people? Uh, it makes things look smoother. That's the it? more frames there is. What, what if, if someone's, someone's like, can I really tell the difference between 30 and 60? What is your response? I'd be like, if you're asking that question, probably not, you fucking plub. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Joey. I think, I think, I think it's, it's interesting because I think we are reaching a point in technology where there are only so many improvements we can do to visuals that it's like, oh, well, I guess it's not that big of a jump. You know, Sony's touting with their PS5. This thing can do up to 8K. It's like, hold on. 8K? You know how much an 8K TV costs right now? It's like $50,000, and that's on sale. I don't think anyone needs an 8K TV ever. I think there's going to be a that point. We're racing where... a pinnacle of like, we like TVs, we've, we've hit like, you know, the improvements we're doing, we're just getting from like the 95th percentile to the 99th percentile. We don't, we don't need like the, the monumental leaps that we've seen from our CRTs with VCRs attached to what we have in our bedrooms now is so different that it doesn't matter. But I think we're going to reach a point where an 8K TV is just the norm, you know? Like 4K TVs now, you can buy a 4K TV for like $200. Whereas 10 years ago, they were like $3,000. Yeah, but then where does that just go? Then are we going to go to 16K and 32K? And yeah, why not? You know, the, the bigger your camera sensor gets, the better. At, at a certain point, they're just going to like have a direct Wi-Fi no 9.0 connection that every time they shoot something, it's just going to be fed directly to your There's brain. There's no need for that. Think of the file sizes. Dude, but not when it's fed to your brain. The human brain, we only use like 2% of our brain, bro. I'm saying... That's if, also a lie. If we just... The friend... The, and the eyes thing isn't, though. If, if we just, <laughs> if we just uh, you know, took all the time we spent developing slightly marginally better TVs and did it for anything else, I'm just saying maybe humanity might, humanity might be better. Yeah, I, I think that there is a certain point where there is like a sunken cost of like, hey, maybe we don't need to devote so much to visual fidelity in video games. What if we focus on more interesting things like game design in of itself? What if we focus more on the actual moment-to-moment -moment experience? How do we expand video games to include touch more than just pressing the X button? Uh, you probably design a controller that has a low battery life because it has much many more motors in it so they can give some kind of haptic feedback. I've never had the PS5 DualSense controller die on me. You just haven't gone through long gaming sessions then. Dude, that's because I'm that's, MLG. I beat everything within no, three hours, and I, I'm good to go. I think that's because your attention span is too small. You're like, oh, fuck, man. I got to go do something else now. That's not true. I just find myself getting more tired now. 
I think it's because I often spend more time gaming in bed, which I shouldn't do because my brain associates being in bed with sleeping. So I get tired. Yeah, we have different. My my bed is my everything space. My chair, that's my gaming space. And I spent Your most. Your chair looks so uncomfortable just to sit and game. Oh, it's so long. comfy. Yeah, it looks it just, it's like a nice. I mean, chair. it's it's not like a like a like a lazy boy or something, but it gets the job done. It's fine. It's better than a folding chair, you know. I mean, a folding chair is just sad. I mean, I'd be sad if I had a folding chair. It'd be just as bad as if someone had, like, I don't know, outdoor folding chairs for their dining room. I think I'm kidding. I think it's funny. Great chairs. I think those are great chairs. They're remarkably, they're really good for folding chairs. I'm just very comfy folding chairs. We're talking about something that no one really knows about. Can we get back on track real quick? I think we're talking about haptic touch, innovation, and God damn it, the PS5. And Nick, this is the first PS5 game. On Garbage Game Club, it is... This is a next-gen podcast. It's a next-gen podcast. We're into the future. It only this is us, an 8K. It took us about a week and a half to get here, but God damn it, we did it. Because I needed to physically borrow Nick's PS5 because Nick is a spendthrift and I am frugal and I couldn't afford to buy one. Wait, I'm a spendthrift? Yes. Are you saying you're mad that I didn't buy you a PlayStation 5? No, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm saying, I'm saying you're less frugal. I'm so very you, frugal. So you're just... Video games are literally my job, though, Joey. Yeah, (laughs) but if but how can you expense that stuff on your taxes if you're not actually if you're like a full time employee? Now you should go back to contract to work. I know I got to pull up some contract gigs. Uh, It's fine. You you can't really expense as much stuff anymore, even as a freelancer. So it kind of sucks. Thanks, Trump. Thanks, tax law. Anywho, uh, what were we talking about? The PS5. Nick bought one. I didn't. I had to uh, borrow his PS5 and the controller, which will probably come in very short supply for the next three months. Dude, I know a couple scalpers. You know a couple scalpers? Um, the, the, The console itself is big. It's a large boy. It's a large boy. It's too big. Uh, I will happily invest in a PS5 for the Gen 2 PS5s that are like... The PS5 Slim. Yeah, they're going to be smaller. I think it's going to be basically just what the PS5 is now, but without the plates on it. I think that's what the next, the Gen 2 PS5 is going to be. Those white plates, just remove them. Then it's going to look like that PS3 with the sliding disc tray. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be into I'm gonna be into that console. I'm I, I'm gonna want uh, I'm gonna want one eventually. I think I'm gonna want my DualSense five eventually because I got a little taste of it. I got a little taste of it. It's a nice it. controller. It's a nice controller. I've always liked the the PlayStation controllers. See, uh, I haven't really. I, I know. Yeah, you you aren't the biggest fan. I've always kind of liked them. I I think I'm pretty controller agnostic. I just like my offset analog sticks. That's all. Mm. I like my off my analogs offset. That's because you you have uh, small thumbs. Well, I always play claw grip too when I play games. Yeah, so. How are you not gonna destroy you? Like you're gonna be like eighty and dude. Like my but I'm gonna be an MLG gamer. No, you're not. You've already lost your edge. <laughs> I've um, I've been pulling off some pretty sick headshots in Call of Duty, Joey. Okay. It's a mouse and keyboard thing. I really hope you're not playing on your PlayStation. No, I'm playing with mouse and keyboard. Oh yeah, good. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yes. I borrowed your PS5. It is very large to move. The 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 little plate on the bottom that makes it go from sideways to, to upright. It's weird, right? It's weird. The whole console feels kind of odd. The startup experience I liked. I kind of miss... Uh, I think PlayStation, Sony might have uh, peaked with, with the PS4 music because the PS5 music on, on, on the start screens like do- doesn't quite do me. Yeah, it kind of sucks that this also doesn't have like customizable backgrounds either because I had a pretty sick Final Fantasy VII remake one on my PS4. And for some reason, it just doesn't carry over. 
Uh, maybe they'll update that. Who knows? They, they probably will. I'm sure it will evolve. But like the PS5 interface seems cool and nice and slick. And then I launched right into Astro's. Program. Wait, how much did you? How much did I spend on Astro? I mean, I didn't spend anything. I spent zero on Astro. Actually, no, I spent four ninety nine on Astro because it comes packed in with the PlayStation Five. And when I, I think pack in games. I think just before we get into Astro. I think having a game as a pack-in is making a statement. It is a statement. What what other games consoles launch with a pack-in game? N64 with Super Mario 64. Super Nintendo with uh, Super Mario World. NES with Super Mario Brothers. And so, oh, and Nintendo Wii with Wii Sports. Mm-hmm. So, when, so when Sony says, hey, what if we did a pack-in game? One, that's a little unusual because I don't think they've ever done that before. You can answer. You can answer. No, no, no. And uh, and so when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. Like, what are they trying to do with this? Astro? I know Astro's, like, you know, there's a lot of positive feedback about Astro's VR, um, Astrobot VR, which was apparently a godsend in VR. Like, it is a, a, a wonderful platformer from what I gather. So I was like, oh, I'm curious. This new Astro's Playroom is getting a lot of positive feedback, and it's free. Maybe people's perception of it is being painted because it's free. But. And then I load it in. And before I load it in, before you actually play the game, it, it says, hey, idiot, check out the DualSense controller. Yeah, it's very obviously a little bit of an ad for it's what it is. It's a tech demo. It's a tech demo ad. It's a tech demo with... Tech demo ad love letter. With a game. Yeah, and it's, and it's like this weird museum curio piece. Because when you load into Astro's Playroom, which is Astro is a Sony mascot platformer, um, that also is just highly built around the DualSense 5 controller and the entire game's framing devices. You are inside your PlayStation 5. You go to areas like the cooling springs to keep your PlayStation 5 cool. Your GPU uh, is like a full level. The processor, the SSD drive, it's all very cute, and it's a fun uh, aesthetic. I I never thought that that would appeal to me, but it worked out. But as soon as you load in, the game lets you demo everything the DualSense has to offer. And from the get-go, it starts out with a home run because everyone talked about this haptic feedback. And I was like, I've, I've held a controller that's rumbled before. But then when you get to do the rockets, the control the rocket engine with your left and right shoulder triggers, it's kind of cool when there's some resistance there. It feels good in a way that I'm like, oh, I could see this being an issue for multiplayer games. But for a single-player experience, I feel like this might be hopefully more than a gimmick because it is a gimmick don't get me wrong but i hope that it is something that is like oh this is just complementing the experience even more what was your feed what was your response to the haptic feedback <sighs> so i i feel like i'm having like a complicated relationship with haptic feedback controls or, or the triggers in specific i think it's really cool i think it's an evolution that makes sense and i think that it's going to be something that developers come up with like fun and novel ways to play with Mm -hmm. i wasn't super into it or at least as into it as i assumed i was going to Mm -hmm. be i thought i was going to be like this is cool this is the future but every time i felt like i was playing with it i just felt moderately annoyed by it really interesting Yeah. yeah like like I, not that not because I, I'm having to exert more physical work from my fingertips to 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 press these buttons and squeeze, it just it felt like a little, I don't know, sandpapery. 
See, I like that. I like that it adds texture, and it reminded me of that that PC accessory I always wanted as a kid that I read about in GamePro. It's like the the hydro mouse configuration where you basically stick your hand in like a, a circle that has like a mouse you grab onto like a gun almost. And it was demoed with Half-Life where the game would add resistance based on stuff you picked up in Half-Life. And I was like, that's the future of video games. That's incredible. I want to experience, but I didn't have a PC at the time. But now maybe, maybe this is me being foolish, but I feel like I had a little Nostradamus there where I was like, is this actually the future of gaming? Because it did come in the future of gaming. I don't know if that's a one-to-one. <laughs> but it just feels like something that was choreographed with weaker technology, so to speak, in the past. And now we're seeing a more consumer-friendly version of it. And I agree. There's some stuff that I've seen that it looks annoying for. Like in Call of Duty, they have uh, haptic feedback on every gun. Every gun feels different, apparently. And each gun has like a different resistance based on how you know, what kind of gun it is. If it's an LMG, if you hold it down, it's hard to pull the trigger. One, that could get annoying in a multiplayer game when I'm just trying to get some sick headshots and get a positive kill-to-death ratio. But I feel like it really works in single-player experiences to complement the experience. Yeah, and Astro Astro is just uh, a litany of, you know, let's play with the controller and use it as a tech demo and complement the mm-hmm. experience. So you'd assume that you know, this whole game is kind of built around the idea of how can we use this controller in in fun ways. So every, the the four major areas that you're that you're playing in, that which all like Nick said, to kind of take the place of of a of a mechanical system inside of the PS5, is it, it highlights a different element of the controller. So like you're really big on the triggers in in the cooler level mm-hmm. because you your your transformation is that of like a springy boy. And in in the GP in the CPU level, you're you're a monkey, and you're using a lot of the the tilt six axis stuff, right? So yeah, and, and, but I think that the triggers even come. I think the I think the monkey rock climbing is the best showcase of the triggers because there is a portion of the rock climbing where you're in this monkey suit and you're using the left and right triggers to and the tilt to grab onto the next handhold. There are certain rocks where if you hold too hard on the trigger, they break and you might fall. And I really think that the triggers do a good job of showcasing that tension because you lightly push on it and then you kind of feel like it it feels a little bit easier. But if you were to pull just a little bit harder, you would have major resistance. And then when it breaks, it snaps and it feels like you're actually like you missed a handhold while you're pressing the trigger. And I think they did a good job of selling it in that specific. I don't think I broke any rocks. Oh, you should try it just for fun. Like, because I think it really does like sell the experience. That's interesting, but that's also interesting that I mean, I'm such a pro climber and a pro gamer that I that I actually <laughs> you're just too MLG that monkey rock climbing suit. Well, actually, that was far and away actually my favorite part of the entire experience. Just mm-hmm. just to dive into that because um, one of my favorite games that isn't a like Sony Mario big indie title. One of my favorite pure gaming experiences. Is Bennett Foddy's GURP. Oh, I've... Oh, Quirp? GURP. GURP? I don't it's know different. what GURP is. Man, see, Nick isn't a real gamer. He, <laughs> he, he comes he comes on, we do, we do a show about video I games. I don't know GURP. I he, only he know more. He spends more money on video games than literally anyone I know. He's played more games than else do I know, but doesn't doesn't know. He's just a fucking fake gamer over here. <laughs> Stop gatekeeping me and explain. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, it's, it's whatever. Um... 
uh, Bennett Foddy has a rock climbing game uh, that involves a lot of uh, a lot of swinging and like ragdoll physics mechanics yeah. and then holding on to different rings. I highly recommend you can play it in your browser. Anyone who's listening, if you haven't played it, it was it, it was it was popular when it came out in 2011. So that is almost 10 years ago. Wow. Um, it, the, the like I guess in that same respect, the game did remind me a lot of that GBA Donkey Kong uh, swing game where you're just Donkey Kong mm. and you turn in three six like a 360 on a circle. Yeah, that that, that game that game's it. easy. But it's fun though. It's cute. It's fun and charming in the same way that I think. And it's a streamlined experience in the way that Astro is because I do think Astro is not a hard game. It is. Oh no, Astro is a game that you could very much finish very quickly. Like three hours or less. I played it in much less than three hours when I got cranking because you but can I, play Astro. I hundred percented it, but Joey. Yeah, hundred percented it, which will take about maybe three hours. Yeah. If you're not 100%ing it, I bet you can finish it in 90. Oh, 100%. Because there are some levels that I was just... Uh, I actually I had a problem with a save file because of the way I set up the PS account. So I played one level, the Cooling Springs. And then uh, when I went to go back to finish for the show, um, my account wasn't on Nick's PS5 anymore. <gasps> I'm like, fuck. So I had to replay it again. And I'm like, I'm not collecting anything. I'm just going to the end of the level so I can you know get to the end game. And uh, it took me like five minutes. <laughs> I do think that the... Like, again, just broad overview of the game. I think that my least favorite of all the levels was the cooling springs, despite me loving the beach episode. I love the beach. But uh, I think the mini game in it, or not the mini game, the, the suit transformation, because every world in the game has a suit transformation where Astro zips up, you, you, you swipe up on the DualSense touch button, and then you zip up Astro into a suit that gives him a unique ability per that level. Mm-hmm. The one in the cooling spring puts Astro in this like a like a a springy frog where you have to tilt the controller left or right and then like use the appropriate trigger to spring in that direction. Easily my least favorite experience because I feel like Astro despite it being an easy game, I think the appeal of Astro to me is its like speed runability. It's the being able to do a level quickly and like skillfully, I think there's like a, a poetry to the platforming in Astro, and I think it comes to a screeching halt in that cooling springs level with that frog suit. Yeah, Astro's a game where if you really wanted to, there is a, I mean, there's a speedrunning mechanic built in, but there there is some masterability mm-hmm. of of the levels that you can get through a little bit of grinding and a little bit of mastery of the controls, which is fun because it's nice to see that if someone really was getting into this game, they can spend more than three hours on it. Like someone could probably dump 10 into like, you know, being really, really, really good, if not more. That's what I've done with a lot of my coworkers at IGN is, you know, I'm friends with them on PSN. So I, and I think this is the best possible showcase of the PS5, the, the that old SSD speedway of, I get a notification when I load into my PS5 in the morning saying, hey, X person just beat your Astro mountain run speed run time. Do you want to beat? try to, to reclaim it? You hit the PlayStation button, select yes, and you skip past the start screen, you skip past the splash screen, you skip past the hub world. The game just deposits you in the mountain spring in the span of less than two seconds, and you're off to try and get your leaderboard score within two seconds it's incredible how effortless and fun it is like i think leaderboards might actually make a return with how effortless 
load times are on the PS5 because it was as easy as me pressing a button twice and it's just like, oh, now I'm competing again. This is great. And I got that time back. Other cool things about Astro. Um, the, the the way that it is used to celebrate uh, Sony PlayStation history mm. in, in, in that kind of curio cabinet way is kind of cool. You know, uh, the the collectibles that you're getting throughout these levels. And, you know, there, there's four main levels, each broken up into, like, four subsections. And each subsection has, like, two curios. And each level kind of represents one of the, you know, four PS1 through 4s. And, uh, you know, when, when you unlock these collectibles and when, when you find, you know, the hidden, the hidden nugget mm-hmm. in every area, you're getting a giant beautifully rendered 3d model of some type of physical sony technology for a playstation whether it be like the discs for the ps1 or the ps1 at the end of every level you get the console itself but like here's the controller here's the eye toy here's the move controller the multi-tap here's here's the gun here's the multi-tap which everyone needed clearly i never i always wanted a multi-tap never got one probably for the best did you ever need one? No. <laughs> no, you know. Only two people are ever playing my PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> uh the the weird right angle multi-tap that came for the for the for the original PlayStation. The network adapter for the PS2, <laughs> which is just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really funny to see like all these things and go like, oh man, the multi-tap did exist. <laughs> it's fun revisiting PlayStation history through the context of this whimsical game because one, it's held as like not sacred because I think that a lot of the writing, the copywriting for every like description of accessory is so good. They're all so funny. They're so clever and they all realize like, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's maybe the head of its time and what it was trying to do, but maybe didn't launch at the right time. Like it, it has that kind of cute tongue in cheek appreciation of the past. And like you said, they're so beautifully rendered that I wonder if like this almost feels like a Nintendo or an M2 style like Mega Man collection uh, reverie for video game history in the way that it lets you appreciate physical goods through a digital lens that feels robust. If I wanted to show someone, hey, you know, son, you want to know what the PlayStation 1 was like? Here's it in Astro beautifully rendered in 4K and you can look around it. And even like down to the serial numbers and stickers and all that, they're all very cute Easter eggs. Like, the serial number for a controller is not just a random skew of numbers. It is, you know, Ken Kudaragi, but in leet speak. Like, Ken Kudaragi is, like, you know, a president of Sony PlayStation back in the day. Like, it's just lots of nice personal touches like that that really feel like I am in PlayStation's house playing their PlayStation. Um, but in that same respect, I think that this game is not just a celebration of hardware, but also of software. Um, because throughout every single stage of Astro's Playroom, there are these cute little Astro bots that are hanging around. Mm-hmm. One's a videographer, mm-hmm. and you could see them filming a pair or a character or two that are donning different PlayStation outfits or even some like important third-party titles for PlayStation. So like, I'm running through one level, and I saw Dante in full like red garb shooting uh, another astrobot juggling them in the air in another area in the in the ssd speedway i you see a bunch of astrobots crowding around cloud's buster sword like if it's a tourist attraction and there's so many cute little touches like that i can't help but 
smile every single time I see one because I'm like, what game is this? Oh, it's this. Oh, it's Ape Escape. I loved Ape Escape. <laughs> hey, it's the Order 1886, you know, the game no one remembers, but Sony does, and I appreciate that. I really, really like that they they call attention to most of their first-party titles. And there's even some third-party stuff, too, like Monster Hunter, which is available on multi-platforms, but it was really it flew it became a flagship on the playstation 2 so it's really cool to see those touches but a question i want to ask you joey is have we ever seen a brand you know you got your nintendos you got your xboxes you got your i'm sorry your microsoft and you got sony have you ever seen a company adopt an iconic mascot in the fifth iteration of their hardware because i am of the opinion that crash was Never really a particularly good mascot. Now, fuck Crash. Astro is the new mascot, I, I believe. That, I think that's fine, but like... it. it I feel like this experience has cemented Astro as, oh, this is a PlayStation mascot. It is a PlayStation mascot, but not even close to the level of a, of a, 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 a Master Mario. Chief. No Mario, Mario, no Sonic. It, it's or, not, or it's Sonic, not it, it it can't it doesn't even come into that conversation. It like lives. But is that in, just in, a matter of time? In like the middle? No, it's a matter of you have to make good games with Astrobot that are like real, true, like AAA experiences. But, but I do think that there is something to Astrobot Astro's playroom that specifically feels like one of the tightest, cleanest, most elegant like platformers I've seen in a while since. Uh, I mean, like it, it, it's super solid. It's super solid, but it's not doing anything, I think, super interesting or unique. It feels like the best possible version of something like a, a Crash Bandicoot or a, even a Super Mario 64 to some extent. And it's, in its uh, like, it's primitive, sure, in that it's pretty basic. You jump from platform to platform. But it feels like Sony's first actual attempt at something that is in the space that Mario has predominantly controlled. And I think they did that to some extent. Sure, it's not long like a Mario game, but I feel like the game is as long as it needs to be. And it's complemented by, one, beautiful locations, uh, great interesting mechanics and great uses of hardware, but also banging music. It, yeah, the music's pretty, pretty good. Dude, I want to I hear a song about my GPU singing to me what it does. Like, that's incredible. Whoever thought of that idea, so smart. It's so fun. I, I I think that Astro is like an above average game. Yeah. And like it's super awesome that it's packed in and everyone should play because it's free. Yeah, it's interesting. It's good. Are you okay? And it's fun. You're crying? It's the best yeah. game that I've ever played on Sony PlayStation <laughs> 5. Uh, which is exactly one. Uh, I've, I've played exactly one game. So, I mean, de facto best PS5 game. I'm just going to say it right now. It's pretty solid. I mean, I'd be I'd be keen to put it up there with like you know, I would nominate it with your best of PlayStation for the year because I do think it is a good showcase of PlayStation. It is an experience you can only get on PlayStation. I'm 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 happy. I'm happy that uh, you know I, I I got to play, and I think that I'm interested to see how they evolve Astrobot. I'm interested to see if it becomes a game that is like zeitgeisty, just because everyone who gets a PS5 plays it. If you have a PS5 and you've been sleeping on it, like the question is why. If you if and the fact that everyone can't play this game without a PS5 also means there's probably a lot of people listening to this show being like, well, I don't have a PS5, and uh, I agree, I don't either. Um, 
You do by proxy. I do by proxy. I mean, I guess. Um, and and that, that's kind of like I, I'm. I it's I it's cool to see Sony invest in this because this wasn't like a cheap project per se. No. This, this was a very calculated game to release with a console packaged in that I I want to see more people doing and they, they did it right like i think that you could have had a packaged in game it could have not been great and it could have just fallen by the wayside and people would be like well whatever let's just not talk about it and ignore it. the ps5 is cool right but instead they not only created the ps5 not people excited about that they created astro and they're like people are driving traffic there and being like oh this is worthwhile so 100 and i i legit i would put it right behind wii sports as far as like of the best pack oh yeah games. N- num- number two all-time pack in game yeah, for sure 100 percent. it's something truly memorable you can never beat wii sports bowling oh yeah wii sports bowling wii tennis oh so good can never beat wii sports bowling strike <laughs> um <laughs> dude man wii, wii sports tennis is way more was way too fun uh for what it is because honestly the tennis mechanics dude the real meta pretty pretty bullshit the real meta is two pro gamers up at the net just swinging hacking away in front of the tv just going short game the entire time the fact that you can play Wii tennis short net almost the entire time is wild too it's so fun if you stand up at the net you can still get like 95 percent of shots it's so good it's so dumb and see now that's why we sports still a little bit better but great music too but the iconic way more more iconic than astro uh people should 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 fuck around if they haven't yet if you have a ps5 and you haven't loaded up astro because you're like i wanted to play miles morales like cool i get it you should still take the two hours play you should play astrobot while miles morales downloads because it'll probably take you you know once you get your demon souls queued up you got your your miles morales queued up That'll probably take you like two hours to download because we're we're in America and we have bad internet infrastructure. So use that time to play Astrobot because it's already packed in, baby. But speaking of Sony games that we want people to be playing, yes, uh, we should. We I think I think we're just gonna keep on talking about Sony games, and I think I think uh-huh. Nick's looking at me because he has no idea. What no, I'm I know what you're gonna say. You know, you know what I'm gonna yeah, say. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Oh, you know, he knows what I'm going to say. Everybody, he knows what I'm going to say. I want you to let me pull behind the pull, pull the curtain back a little bit. We started a Google Doc for the show. It's actually an Excel show. It's, it's actually an Excel spreadsheet, and um, you know, it has a bunch of, a bunch of titles. And we we're we're doing some producing. Two professional video producers <laughs> doing a little bit of research, doing a little bit of producing. That's why Nick knows that um, we're going to keep on doing PS5 games, but Nick has to finish PS5 games first. And we only have one PS5. So, in lieu of that, we want to continue on the Sony train by next week playing a PS4 game that I think you can actually kind of play on PS5. You can't play it on PS5. Exactly. Better load times. Crash 4. It's about time. It's interesting to play that after Astro since we just shit-talked Crash basically the entire podcast. we, we, We just teased it during the show. I'm interested to see how Crash is going to pan out now after playing Astro on the PS5 with the new controller. I mean, he's had he's had four times, like at least four chances to get it right, you know? Yeah, it's been it's been 10 years, right? People are like it's about time I'm going to be back. I, I hate to break it to you, but it's been longer than 10 years. It's been 10 plus years. It's been 25 years. It's been tw- We're so old. Crash 3 did not release when we were not Crash released. 1. Yeah, but there there the Crash 3 was out like That's a PlayStation 2, no, PlayStation 1 game. Crash Crash 3. Yeah, it's a PS1 game. 
And then there's Crash. There's a lot more Crash games than four games. PS1 was Crash 1 through 3. PS2 had a... I forget the name of the game, but it had horrible loading times. PS3, did that have a Crash game? No, it didn't. I don't think it did. Because Naughty Dog was too... Oh, wait, no, it's not Naughty Dog. It's actually just an Activision company. But yeah, there's a lot of Crash games, Crash Jeff. Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex. That's was two. released on PlayStation 2 in October of 2001. Yeah. So there's like non-numbered Crash games as well. But Crash 3 was a PS1 game. Because I remember choreographing and telegraphing as a child. Man, it'd be sick if Crash had a motorcycle and a rocket launcher and a mech. And then sure enough, when Crash 3 came, came out, it did. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be a video game designer. And that was before I was like into video game media as far as consuming talk about it. So I'm something of a, 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 a prophet, if you will. Couple that with the haptic feedback prediction. Dude, I'm, I'm a video game Nostradamus. I don't think you are. I am. I predicted it. Crash, crash motorcycle, crash rocket launcher, crash mech. Called it. Three points. Swish. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Looking at the different crash games. There's got to be a lot, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of the the last crash game, Mind Over Mutant, was released in two thousand and eight, and that was a PS three game. No, it was a PS two game. Oh wow! There was zero crash games on the PS. Interesting. Yeah, Crash got really bad after three. So I'm um, curious to see if Crash Four about time. It's about time. I'll get it because he was gone. From the PS3 generation. I'm really glad that you just picked up on that. I'm doing it as a bit, Joey. Yeah. Jeez. And I'm making fun of you. So that is your homework for the next Garbage Game Club. We are playing Crash 4. It's about time. Is it called About Time or It's About Time? It's About Time. It's About Time. So check it out and let's see if Crash has a fighting shot in 2020. But until then. See you next week. Oh, man. Does Crash have? Oh, Crash has pretty decent Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, and I'm gonna do the crash music right.